Ungumtrat. Hi, hello, hola, and hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. A podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture. All while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie, an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... I missed my daughter's orientation for her school the other day, and I feel so horrible about it. Um, my calendar invite for some reason didn't pop up, and it's saying that, yeah, I have to be on this Zoom call to learn about the most important part of her life is going to school. So I completely missed it. But luckily, my husband was there to save the day, and he was on the Zoom call, and no one really noticed I wasn't there because it was all through the internet. Um, If it wasn't the corona times, I think we, all of us would have had to go to the school and show up and they'll do the orientation there. But um, now it's uh, through Zoom. And my husband was actually really worried for me because I told him I was going to um, be on there and I wasn't. So I completely missed it. And that was such a like a mommy moment that I missed it. And I know um, there's some moms out there that also forget, you know, appointments or something with their kids don't make me feel bad let me know what it is uh, if you missed an activity or a, an appointment with your kids let me know send me an email and tell me your mommy moment or your parenting oop, oops moment so now let's get back to the episode since you uh you guys heard about uh, my uh moment of not being so cool <laughs> So um, today I will be interviewing a mom who is a therapist, an expat mother, and um, a mom that just moved to Denmark with her family five years ago. She helps many international people cope with living abroad and give them some tools on how to you know, get through the life of being an expat. We'll talk about her life in Denmark with her family and kids. I haven't really talked to any parents that moved here with older kids. Usually the people I have interviewed or uh, they moved here with smaller kids or uh, they're having their first kids here in Denmark. So this will be a really interesting uh, conversation to have. And let's get into the episode. I want to introduce you all to Agala Mikalaki. I've been practicing her name for a day now because it's a um, beautiful name, but a very uh, hard for me to pronounce. So um, she is a mother from Canada. Her husband is from Greece and they live in Denmark with their two kids who is uh, nine years old, uh, their son, and then a 15-year-old daughter. They um, li live here in Denmark. Uh, I already mentioned that. But besides being a therapist, uh, Agali uh, messed up the name. <laughs> uh, yeah. Has a blog called "The Little Mermaid Was an Expat Too." So enough of me talking. Let's get into the conversation. Thank you for being here and taking the time to be on my podcast for the second time. Uh, she was actually on my uh, Christmas special of uh, how she celebrated Christmas in Denmark with the culture of the background of being Canadian and also with the um, Greek background. So if you guys want to listen to that, it is on uh, my YouTube or also my previous podcasts. So, uh, Agala, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? and um, you know how you got here into Denmark yes 
first of all, thank you so much for inviting me, Jacqueline. I find you so refreshing, and what you do is just so uh, so authentic. I really, really, it really makes me smile. I look at your Instagram posts, and I, I think we need so much more of that humor and realness. Um, so thank you. Oh, thank you um, for that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really refreshing. And uh, yeah, about me, I have um, a background in the arts, actually, and uh, architecture. I have been an entrepreneur. I have been a, a teacher. And for the past few years, I have been uh, exploring a new direction. I am um, a therapist now, a mindfulness instructor, and I am loving it. And um, it's just really, really nice to take obstacles that... I have had in my life and turn them into into blessings and wisdom that can help others. So that is what I am mostly doing right now, helping um, expats with the transition, coping. And um, I also have a big interest in uh, chronic pain and uh, living with chronic pain. So um, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, the Little Mermaid was an expat. Uh, stems from that because it is uh, uh, coming from an arts background. To me, it is fascinating how our resilience as humans has historically led us to create stories and myths and uh, our creativity to reconcile difficulties and polarities within ourselves. So, um, yes, The Little Mermaid was a piece I wrote that received uh, a lot of attention for what it said. Yeah, I love I love the name. It definitely stood out when you said it. I was like, I want to know more about like this blog. And I know we'll, we'll get into it in, uh, further on uh, as we do the interview. I just, how did you even uh, come up with that name? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. During COVID days, uh, seeing clients would have to be done outdoors. So there was a walk and a talk uh, near the Little Mermaid here in Copenhagen uh, with an expat. And he was like, oh, wow, <laughs> I see a similarity. And um, I happened to be there one day when somebody had put um, a COVID mask on her. And I was like, this is super interesting um, how uh, the Little Mermaid lost her voice when she made the choice to come on land to meet the prince. And uh, I was like, wow, this is so much the struggle of, a, of an expat falling in love with someone who leads them to another country. Um, you find yourself maybe not knowing the language or maybe not knowing how to speak because of different cultural norms. So there are many ways one can lose their voice and definitely something that happens to expats. Yeah, and especially... I feel like that, especially with the language. You know, we're encouraged to speak Danish, but my Danish is not as as good as is as it is in English. So I do lose my voice and my personality yeah. in in Danish. Exactly. I I sound like a robot. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you're it, thinking it, of the words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what what else is interesting? And I'm sure for you being. Um, on radio, doing podcasts, you might notice a difference in your intonation. So how, how confident you sound speaking different languages. Um, when I speak in Danish, I find I sound like an insecure little girl. <laughs> My voice gets higher. 
and I, I, yes, I, I lose a great degree of my confidence for sure. Yeah, and I feel so like it's, it's like our identity too, in a way. Yes, yes, yes. But even uh, even nonverbal communication changes because you are you are working so hard to read the signals. What does this mean? People in the states and Canada are much more generous with their smiles, for example. Mm. Uh, whereas whereas here it's oh wow I you know it takes a bit of a tilt of a head and trying to figure out a different uh, body communication facial expressions which can uh, definitely hinder the way we we mirror and respond. That is really funny you said that because it just gave me a little bit of flashback of when I came to Denmark when I first visited Denmark um, I was visiting visiting my boyfriend but husband now at the time yeah. and uh, we were just talking and um, for me coming coming to Denmark as an American I just smile at everyone <laughs> yeah, so we went to you know a bar and you know just me just smiling at everyone and then it's like <laughs> why are you smiling at everyone it's like you don't smile at everyone it's like it's, if you smile at a guy that means you you know want to move forward I was like whoa whoa exactly. I'm just smiling yes. it's nothing like oh come over yeah. here so exactly. that really touched something in me yeah. because now I don't do that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's such a shame because it actually smiling has been proven to release so many good chemicals in the body. Even if you don't feel it and you do it, it makes you happy. Yeah. But it's so true. It can be misunderstood. I was also questioned, why do you smile so much? And it really got me curious. I'm actually writing a piece on smiling right now. And uh, what the different shades of smiling are, and uh, the culture behind it. So it's um, yeah, it's it, it's an endless topic, and um, but it's it's yes, it is one of the ways that uh, uh, yes, I came to write that piece about the Little Mermaid being an expat. She lost her voice, uh, literally in her case, and she was not seen. Uh, the prince she uh, saved did not see that it was her. So there's a lot of that, a feeling that nobody understands you really when you when you change, uh, when you are out of your element, like uh, coming to Denmark or wherever one goes. Um, and that's a, I think that is one of the biggest struggles I see with my clients. Um, they no longer know how to dress. They feel, oh my goodness, I can no longer wear my red lipstick in the morning or my colorful clothes, my jewelry. Uh, so it's it's a lot about um, the ways you have found to communicate who you are to the world and having to change them all over again. Yeah. And, yeah. And the Little Mermaid's feet hurt on land. She got feet, but they hurt. Yeah, and it's painful. It is downright painful. A lot of these people experience physical pain. Yeah, that is, um, yeah, be it headaches, be it uh, backache, um, a lot of different physical manifestations of all of this um, demanding experience on one as an adult. Yeah, and especially when you first move here and you first learn the language, I always got headache after. Like Danish yes. class, yes. Danish class, or if so I spend common. spend the weekend with my in laws, like I love it, <laughs> and I'm learning Danish. But by the end yeah. of the day, I'm like I have like a migraine. Yes. I feel exhausted 
physically because of, um, I think, I feel like we're working in overtime. Yes. Yes. You are creating new neurosynapses. It's, it's, it's a fact we have the capability to continue to build new connections in the brain and learning a new language is a, is one of the ways that happens. It's quite demanding on the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, and then raising a family, trying to, uh, you know, adapt to the culture, it's just like so much for any international or expat to just get through that. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm yeah. so happy that you're there to help help um, help us get through that and make sure that we're not crazy for feeling that way. Like I thought I was the only one that could get headache from speaking Danish all weekend. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. You are not the only one, I can tell you. And uh, yes, it's, it's so, um, I would say the number one uh, thing that expats complain about when they are single is loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, even the friendliest, most outgoing, extroverted of people have a have a time where they feel this insecurity. How do I make friends in this place? How? Oh wow! I I, I cannot get through to the locals. And there was actually a study conducted. Um, the latest one I have come across was in 2020 by um, um, it's it's an agency called Oxford, I believe. And the number one reason expats are unhappy, let's say, although most expats are happy in Copenhagen, um, but the number one reason that those that were dissatisfied were dissatisfied was that they cannot seem to make friends with uh, with locals. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then the next question is, why does it have to be locals? Uh, you know, a lot of people are set on making friends with Danes. Yeah. Of, of course, it's not impossible, but um, but loneliness is a big thing. And uh, we are social creatures. We heal in company by connecting with one another. So if you don't have your social network, your support system, it's it's really hard to uh, to laugh at your struggles, to to just say it to someone and get it out of your system and move on. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. as an international or as, as an expat or as an immigrant, yeah, there are some tough moments that you're going through. Um, and it's not so funny while you're going through it. But afterwards, yeah. when you get through it and you got the strength to do it, and then you can laugh at it. It's like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe I went through that. And yeah. you can laugh about it now, and that's healthy yeah. for someone to just uh, laugh at the the moments that they're they're um, having difficulties exactly. with. Exactly, exactly. And the more you get into that frame of mind of um, of seeing things as okay, this is life, and good moments come, and good moments pass, and bad moments come, and they pass too the easier it is to to laugh at yourself, to laugh at your uh, struggles without meaning that you don't take them seriously. Um, But it's, um, I think it is one of the things that makes expats uh, resilient as people. We we have found mechanisms like this uh, that make us laugh. And it's, yeah, to me, it's a question of the chicken and the egg. Is it being an expat that makes you resilient or is it resilient people? that choose the life of being an expat yeah Yeah. that's true because um it's it's not easy 
and um and I remember my further questions will be uh, I'll ask something regarding um you know the honeymoon period but uh, yeah. before I, I I get into that I just wanted to know a little bit you know your experience of moving here uh, with mm. with your family uh, what were what mm. was your experience living in Greece and how it was different mm. to living here in Denmark and also in the U.S. because you've lived in the U.S. you live in Greece and now mm. you're living um, in Denmark and you also grew up in Canada so it's just like you have yes. four different <laughs> cultures having kind of a yeah. play in with yeah. your family. Absolutely. Yes, and um, there are drawbacks and things to celebrate with this. Mm -hmm. So I can definitely say that moving with younger children is uh, is easier in many ways um, because they don't have memories as, as strong or they don't have opinions. We become less flexible as we get older. So it was uh, moving here with children who were older at the time. My daughter was um, an 11, and uh, my son was just going to Banahel. So it was uh, it was easier in his case to pick up the language much faster. Um, but also, he his friendships were not as concrete. So there's definitely that struggle when you move an older child. So in preparation, uh, there was a lot of conversation, a lot of research on our part before we presented it, but also explaining, uh, letting them know what to expect. I tried to prepare them with a language, but it was not possible. We were living on an island in Greece. Um, so that was something we did not get to prepare. But psychologically, and it doesn't have to be in a didactic way of lecturing. Uh, it was watching movies like Inside Out and uh, Paddington Bear, <laughs> um, which, again, the power of storytelling and art. Uh, they were so much easier for the kids to, to have a colorful uh, place to go to when things happened in life. And they were like, oh, this is like Paddington Bear. He is misunderstood by the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> or um, inside out when there is uh, uh, that moment where the little girl feels uh, joy after having felt pain. Mm -hmm. And that's how the memory is translated, like you said just before. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, that's, that's what I used. That's what I had to my disposal. And then just really listening to them. Kids are our teachers. Um, Grown-ups can sometimes be dismissive of their pain no I'm not feeling any sadness no I'm not angry uh, but kids they make us feel it they're like no right now this is not fun yeah <laughs> they will they will throw a tantrum they will protest and just really being with them and saying oh my yes you're right this is frustrating yeah and s sitting with it so um, I think in that sense, I was um, I was very thankful to have my kids along in the move. Uh, they were a barometer uh, when I was trying to pretend something was not the case. Um, so yes, preparing them it depends. Honeymoon totally depends. Yeah. Uh, how long it will be from family to family and yeah. the the motivation and 
are you running away from something or running towards something? That's that's also an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, because to go somewhere, you have to let go of something else. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, that is key. When you and your family moved to Denmark, what was the hardest thing um, for you guys to adapt to while when you moved here? Light, definitely light, lack <laughs> of light. We lived in the sunniest part of Europe on the island of Crete mm. uh, prior to moving here. And uh, yes, very, very few cloudy days a year. And uh, we come here and it was like, okay, very nice, very nice. We're open, but where's the sun? <laughs> I, I had read about it, but I did not really expect it to, uh, to take such a toll on my psychology. So light was a definite thing. Being Canadian myself, the cold did not faze me at all. Um, I, I don't think Denmark is a cold place, personally. Um, and then there was the the culture difference, uh, of course, is, is, is quite a thing. Uh, not just the language, but um, Americans are expressive. Canadians are quite expressive. Uh, Greeks are very expressive. <laughs> so <laughs> coming to Denmark, it was... Uh, yeah, going back to what we said before, trying to decipher, trying to interpret and see, and um, and that can be tiring, uh, uh, of course. So in in Greece, they are so quick. You ask someone, "How are you?" and they will really tell you how <laughs> they are. <laughs> they really will. <laughs> and most times, the answer of the other person is like, "Oh, health, health." Yeah, I hear you, but at least you have your health. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, in Denmark, it's it's very, very different. People, I remember learning in Danish class that there are two different ways to ask, how are you? And, uh, and one is like, yeah, to go think, or and now I'm really going to tell you how I have it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, uh, I, I think it's really interesting how there is that distinction. How much do you really want it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I learned that you don't ask that to a complete stranger. And yes. in an American, like in U.S. culture, for me, yeah. you can ask that to your person, you know, scanning you out at the grocery store. It's like, yeah. it's not a personal thing for <laughs> um, uh someone coming from the U.S., you just ask that one at the bus stop or, you know, like. But here in Denmark, it's a very personalized question. Mm. And you don't ask that one to someone you're sitting next to at the at the uh, train station, which you would in in the U.S. Like it's it's just uh, so I also had I had a difficulty time with that. So now I just don't talk or smile. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's interesting because if you if you do ask the question, because in the beginning I was an autopilot, I was so Canadian, I went to pick up my kid from Bonahill and I asked the question in English. And this mom went into, uh, she went into detail. I was like, oh, wow, I did not expect that. Because in North America we ask, but we're not really ready to get an answer. We know it's going to be like, oh, it's good. Or yeah, I'm fine. Or eh. Something short and sweet and not too emotional. But here, it's it's amazing because when you you ask, you will. There's a good chance you'll get an answer. Um, and I think and in the I U.S., 
Oh, go ahead. No, no, please go on. No, I was just thinking, um, I don't know if in Canada it's the same, but in the U.S. it's just a nice gesture to mm. say, uh, how are you? Um, yeah. It's a col- culture thing. Um, yeah. It's a gesture and a, a culture, and it's something to break the silence. Because I, I guess <laughs> yeah. we don't like silence. <laughs> yes, I think that is one thing. And I think... <laughs> Because I always find myself defending Americans after having lived in Boston for uh, four and a half years. Um, because when people hear I'm Canadian, they're like, oh, thank God you're not American. I'm like, no, 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 they're not. Don't. <laughs> and I think Americans, as I have experienced them, they will care for one another. Mm-hmm. When when I lived in Boston, I saw that there was such a support system, uh, moms towards one another, the mommy groups, um, bringing lasagna to your neighbor who just had a baby. Uh, this was not uncommon. So I think when an American says, how are you? They don't just necessarily try to look nice. I think if you really had to go into how you are, you would get a listening ear. Yeah. I, I like to think so. Yeah. And also for me to add on to that, like I want I want to know, like I think it's just I grew up with it, just asking it and also just easily conversating, having a conversation mm. with someone. It's just a natural thing for me. And it was, you have yeah. kind of have to go backwards when you go, live in Denmark. You don't, mm. it's not common and it's not um, culturally right. <laughs> And it is a small place. Yeah. I I have to remind myself that because one of the first impressions I had when I moved here is like, oh, it's a huge late Canada. It's like a small Canada (laughs) in a way. Um, And with that uh, comes the fear of, oh, if I share too much, it's going to come back to my ears. It's not like North America with millions of people where I can sit here and share my story with a stranger in a bus stop and I will never hear of it. Yeah. Um, They'll look I at you that. like, huh? <laughs> I've, I've been therapist to so many people commuting in North America. <laughs> I cannot count. <laughs> and I don't mind. But here it's, uh, yeah, I think it, it's quite different. It's quite different. Yeah, but it's, it's a great experience, I think. And uh, just learning different cultures, it's just um, interesting. Like you said, it's very interesting Absolutely. to learn different different cultures and how people mm. handle different situations. You know, North America, they're very open. Here in Denmark, they're very, you know, closed, but very open. Mm. Once you get to know them, they're like the best people to know. Yes. And they're exactly. so sweet. Yeah. And, if, and the thing yeah. is, if you need help, like they will come and help you. It's it's not yeah. that they're they're cold. It's just the whole the small talk thing. There's no small talking in uh, in Denmark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's something you you have to ask. And in a way, you I, I respect the Danish way because Danes seem to have a good understanding of their boundaries, mm-hmm. which psychologically speaking is is really a valuable thing. I I respect the friendship with someone who who has a good understanding of their boundaries, mm-hmm. who is not going to go out of their way to offer me something they don't have the ability to give me right now and then possibly feel resentment yeah. later. Yeah. So in, in that sense, I think Danes are, uh, are 
are very good and I am very happy for my Danish friends. And um, I think the number one thing, if I had to uh, boil down to what advice I give my uh, my clients and my friends and remind myself, it's uh, be compassionate with those across from you and yourself. So I didn't do well on my Danish exam today, but that's okay. Um, celebrate little victories when you are in a new place and you are learning the same way you, you tell your toddler, hey, well done, you buttoned up that, that jacket. Uh, <laughs> celebrate your little victories. I bought myself this antique mug when I passed one of my Danish exams. I made it a ritual to celebrate small victories. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much like a toddler encouraging myself through this. Um, And taking care of yourself, really, really taking care of yourself. Because moms uh, can really lose scope of that, taking Mm -hmm. care of everybody else. And then uh, maybe if there's time, taking care of ourselves. Yeah. uh, That's that's not ideal. Yeah. Nobody nobody needs a grumpy mom. Nope. If there's a grumpy mom, there's nothing (laughs) nothing to get done and everyone's sad. (laughs) Precisely, precisely. But what was a good coping mechanism for you, Jacqueline? Uh, for me, uh, man, it was seven years ago I moved here. Oh. I think I was just spending a lot of time uh, with my husband or boyfriend at the time as family because I really wanted to learn Danish. So I was really spending a lot of time with them. And like I said, I would have headaches for the weekend. Um, and then I just joined groups. I just really put myself mm-hmm. out there. I mm-hmm. I need to be around people. I'm a very social person. And so I knew that people, I know that people is not going to come knocking my door like, hey, you want to go out and, you know, have drinks? Mm-hmm. It's like I have to put myself there. It's like, oh, do you want to, you know, grab dinner afterwards? Or like I had, yeah. I was the person that um, had to make this happen, not someone else. Um, I can't keep waiting for friends to fall on my lap or something like that. Exactly. So I, I joined yeah. a lot of groups, uh, a lot of, um, you know, um, classes too. Mm. And then mm-hmm. I found a lot mm-hmm. of good friends actually in my Danish school also. Yes. That I'm still yes. friends exactly. to this day. So that's, yeah. that's really, really nice to do. So it's definitely yeah. friends and just putting yourself out there. Um, and also Precisely. one thing that really is a really good tool and I know it's hard for some people but really just posting in a group like hey anyone want for, want mm-hmm. to go for coffee or something there's people yeah. that's going to want to have coffee and maybe they were they were scared yeah. to post that up and happy mm-hmm. that you posted it it's like yeah yeah I'm I'm free like I would love to it's just um getting yeah. out of your comfort zone it, you already got out of your comfort zone moving to a new mm-hmm. country so that's yeah. just like a huge step for someone but now it's just exactly. finding your base yeah. So that yeah, that really precisely. helped me yeah. uh, with the move I here. Think, yeah, and I, I think you have, uh, yeah, you you are hitting the nail on the head. It is about connection. Any any situation is about connection, and if it's not friends at that point, then not being ashamed to reach for professional help if you feel that uh, there is too much inside you that's going to come out too emotionally and too. <laughs> cascadingly um 
it's better to get it out when you feel it than to wait. Um, I, I was reading the other day um, about disaster um, and how a pandemic, for example, can fall under that category. And it takes about four years to recover. Um, and if people do not communicate, if people do not address the, the pains of it, of any situation that is difficult, migrating is, I would say, definitely one of those situations, mm -hmm. um, then it is way more likely to become illness, mental or physical. So you said it, it's connecting, finding, finding friends, finding people, going to your Danish class, if for no other reason to meet others yeah. <laughs> that, that will understand you, finding, uh, finding people that have similar interests. Uh, for me, it was meditation, yoga, rowing, and I've met fantastic Danes yeah. there. So um, that have become, I like to think, lifelong friends. Um, and then it is, again, taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, uh, taking care of your heart, taking care of your mind, mm -hmm. not poisoning yourself. We speak of, uh, of the virus so much these days in the pandemic. And there is the, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Judson Brewer. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, sneezing on the brain, which is something that we if we read all the wrong information, mm. uh, if we get caught up in these expat websites, reading the blaming stories, yeah. uh, too much complaining, then you are allowing people to infect you with, uh, with negativity as well. So, yes, striking a balance, taking yeah. care. Yeah. Um, now that you have a, a teenager, and how do you handle um, <laughs> the the cultural differences from raising a teenager? Mm. Uh, for example, for me, um, drinking in Denmark is like no big deal. It's like, eh, yeah, yeah, here's a beer or here's some wine. It's yeah. like no big deal. It's like yeah. the person's 13 years old. So <laughs> how how do you balance that since um, you know, yeah. you have a background, um, you know, North America and yeah. then um, Greece. I don't know what the drinking age there is. Um, mm. I know most European countries, it's 15, mm. but uh, it's very different from North America mm. versus, um, you know, mm. Europe. So how do you balance that yeah. with with your teenage daughter? Yeah, yeah. I think that the first shock was Friday uh, Slick, which I was told my my kids' classmates got a bowl of candy every Friday, and mm -hmm. I was like, what? what, what a, a whole bowl every Friday? <laughs> well, watching cartoons, I was like, no, guys, we're not doing that. We're eating popcorn because yeah. your mom's Canadian. <laughs> so it's... Um, it's finding the the balance and then you know they were like but all the others have candy i was like okay i'll throw some m&ms in the <laughs> in the popcorn yeah um so it was you know if there was something uh, an occasion or something we we might or if there is a danish kid visiting we might have a little bit of candy as well um and it's it's finding that balance and now that it comes to the alcohol it's also tricky if there is a distinction. Does your child go to an international school where you're on the same page with the other parents? Or is your kid in the Danish school system where the parents are like, yeah, fine. Um, 
because we're not. Yeah. Um, I had to be in a teacher's, uh, in a parent's meeting and say, but the law says no alcohol before 16. So I'm sorry, I'm neither going to serve my daughter nor your kids when they visit beer Yeah, uh, before it is legal. And I just want you to know that. Um, and the thing with teenagers is that you tell them they can have one, they will have three. If you tell them, um, I'm not going to allow it, they might have one or two. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to happen because this is what happens all around you. And it's laying the groundwork way before it happens. Talking to kids, um, creating um, a culture around what it is to you. What does it mean? Um, Showing how you handle it. If I'm going to get drunk in front of my kid every Friday, it's it's really hard for me to tell my kid, "Hey, don't do it. Do as I mm. do as I say, not as I do." Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, it is about what's happening all around them as well. So you kind of cross your fingers, love them. <laughs> and hope for the best yeah and hope they make the right decisions or you've taught them you know Mm raise them to make the right decisions and it's from there on it's Mm -hmm. uh what you've instilled in them um and it's their it's their decisions now and hopefully you raise them right (laughs) hopefully i mean i don't know my daughter is nearly 16 she's she's very popular and she has still not been delivered to me drunk out of her mind so i am um i'm not saying it's not going to happen but yes i'm 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 very very happy it hasn't happened just yet (laughs) with the um gymnasium i know they have that you probably have seen it that was my culture shock was that that gymnasium Uh when they graduated they go in these big trucks and they party for two weeks and they drink and they cause trouble all (laughs) around the city yeah and everybody cheers them yeah i was like are we seriously just clapping that they're drunk yeah and then you can see like the beer cans falling out of the car and they're like are they drinking and driving too So when you. that time comes, how are you going to, because I'm learning from you. My, I, I know I have 10 years to go. My daughter is four. But, but like, uh, how, yeah. how are you going to handle that? I don't know. And I'm so, so scared because, you know, being a, being a therapist, having to have, having read all the information about the prefrontal cortex is not fully formed for boys maybe until early 20s. <laughs> so their brain is like this. It's, you know, the, the high mortality in teenage boys and all of that. It's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really quite scary to, to raise a teenager out of your element. It's different when you are home and you know, yeah, I've been here. You, you know the types and you know how you navigated it, but this is uh, this is foreign territory. So it's good to speak with moms who know it. For me, it has been super, super good to be really good friends with my daughter's best friend's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, it's really lucky your husband's Danish, so he will he will put your mind at ease. Don't worry, this is good. Just keep the channel of communication open with your kid. I mean, they will mess up. That's mm-hmm. part of growing up. They will make mistakes. They will push the limits. 
if all goes right, they will. Yeah. You should be more worried if they don't. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. I have a long time to think about that. Now I just fight with my daughter of like <laughs> brushing teeth. <laughs> so I'll, I'll stick to brushing teeth versus beer. <laughs> and this is Denmark. You have another eight years of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tying her down, not tying her down. She's really good. It's my son. That's a different story on brushing teeth. <laughs> Oh, how old is your son? One. Oh, <laughs> and he's very yeah. strong-minded already, and he's one. I'm like, great. How oh, are you going to be when you're him. 15? <laughs> good for him. It's it's going to be good for him in life. He knows yeah. how, to, how he, to use it. Yeah. yeah. It's just Now I just, my husband and I actually talk about it. It's like now we have to just show him how to um, show it emotionally instead of getting angry mm. and pissed off yeah. because my son, mm. when he gets mad, he... Uh, bangs his head like I'm like this is normal my 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 daughter's never done yeah. it so when my son started yeah. like I say no to him he'll go to a, a, a uh-huh. door and go bang 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 I'm like whoa 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 don't yeah. bang your head yeah. <laughs> what's going on yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not uncommon yeah it's not uncommon so now we're yeah. like looking at it like now we have to teach him how to control his emotions and when he gets upset mm. and angry to mm. show it mm. in a different way and we're at that stage yeah. of like how are we gonna do that so it's, it's mm, a learning mm, thing, I guess. Mm. So, because two kids are two different uh, people, like they're really yes. two different personalities. Yes. So yes. it's yes. just it's a learning thing every single yeah. day for me <laughs> with both my kids. Exactly. Exactly, and and that's why it is all about resilience and being open to the moment. Uh, if you had ten more kids, chances are they would be completely different. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I always think of that uh, cartoon I had in my classroom as a teacher that said, equal is not necessarily fair. There are three kids that are different heights and the fence they have to look over. So mm-hmm. they have a, a use for a different stool. So what the stool you give one kid is not the stool you will give another. Yeah. And I'm uh, learning that definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which then raises the question, why does she get to do that? And I don't oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, definitely. Um, let's get into yeah. your uh, practice a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Since you talk to a lot of internationals, a lot of expats that uh, mm-hmm. live in Denmark, uh, what is the hardest thing uh, mm-hmm. for them living abroad? You know, either if they came here mm-hmm. with family or they came here as a yeah. single person and then starting family. Mm-hmm. Because there's two different ways of moving to Denmark Mm. or becoming an international. Yeah, I think we have addressed most of the things. Jacqueline, loneliness is a is I would say the biggest one. Loneliness and and then a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety, uh, fear of oh, but I don't have someone with the loneliness comes the fear of oh, should something happen to me, I don't have someone to take care of me to open their door to open their arms um and then there's increasing loneliness um can lead to depression or you know suppressing the different emotions one feels um and you know there can be bottled up anger there can be um the helplessness uh of, of being here and um not knowing how to navigate things. Um, a lot of times, a lot of our conversations are around work mm-hmm. and um, the difficulties of either finding the 
especially if it is a spouse following. Oh, um, the audio kind of a one out. I don't know if you press something. Can you hear? Uh, no, you actually went out a little bit. Uh, did you press something on your phone? Sorry, guys. It's uh, we're talking to the Hello? phone, so I don't know why. Sorry, can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You sound like you're f really far away from the phone. That's weird. I just we were talking, and then all of a sudden it cut out. Is I that, don't know what happened. I am so sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's better. Maybe maybe your yeah. AirPods got uh, went dead or something because you were talking and then the yeah and then it just went out uh, to the audience. We we're talking through their phone, like I said earlier. So th that was really really weird. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I hope you can hear me now. No, I actually can hear you now. That that was I'm perfect. I think your phone. I think your uh, AirPods went um, uh, dead, dead because it was completely fine and then all of a sudden it was just like you sound like you're in like a cave <laughs> sorry okay. now it's okay but what were we talking about i don't even yes, I, i think i was speaking about um yes expats and work and how that can be frustrating um when expats feel that they have um to either look extra hard for a job, something that they feel they are very qualified for, and a lot of job applications that really don't lead to something. Mm -hmm. um, building a network has, uh, has its challenges for many. And then there is navigating the workplace. When there is a job, even really, really talented people that have been recruited here, it's, it's a matter of hierarchies or lack of hierarchies and uh, group dynamics and how to um, how to express oneself and dissatisfaction. So a lot of these little insecurities of, you know, going into waters that are unchartered um, and it takes time and they seem uh, trivial, but these build up and can really make somebody feel quite helpless. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, when someone moves abroad, um, and more specifically, uh, since we're in Denmark, Denmark, everyone has this expectation, or everyone goes through this. I went through this. It was yeah. I was more excited, and I never really thought after when I get yeah. there, what's going to happen afterwards. What I never yeah. thought I was going to be sad. I'm not going to have trouble yeah. having friends. Like I never yeah. thought beyond that. And so I, that's why I call it like the honeymoon period. It's like you're preparing, preparing, preparing. You get there. It's so exciting. Everything's so new. And then all of a sudden, like real life hits. Like yeah. how how can someone like prepare for that? Um, I know you don't want to like uh, when someone's like, oh, I'm moving abroad. It's like, hmm. have you prepared for, you know, what are you going to do afterwards? Yeah. It's like you want them to have the excitement, but at the same time, it's like real life happens like afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Like how, exactly. how, how long does the honeymoon period last? Mm. And then how can someone just prepare for it? Or yeah. what would your advice be? Yeah, I think it's um, the best way to prepare for any move, any change, be it in a job or, um, yeah, life status, um, a life event, anything is to actually practice um, mindfulness before you hit changes in your life. So realizing that, like I said before, you have to let go of 
if you're a monkey climbing, you mm-hmm. have to let go of, of the previous monkey bar to reach the next one. You can't hold on to both at the same time. And it's a matter of, uh, of having a, a playful curiosity, the way the younger children adjust better than the older children because they have a friendly curiosity. They're like, oh, and you kid, oh, look at that. He looks different. His hair is so blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, they approach it, not with fear, but with a friendly curiosity. So it's, I would say this is the first thing, having the right mindset, not just for the move to Denmark or anywhere, but for any change in life. Um, Being ready to meet and greet what comes, be it good or bad, and trusting yourself that you will uh, adjust to what is needed and what is required of you. And... um, and of course, there are a million practical things you can do. I wish I had known ahead of time that I could have made a list of my pancake ingredients and Googled them in uh, in Danish so that I'm not going to find myself in the Danish supermarket looking for uh, flour that will make pancakes. Um, but it is, yes, There's a, there are books you can read. There is a lovely book I had read prior to coming called the My Year of Living Danishly. Sorry, we're talking because he's telling me I have one minute left. I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> we have plenty Sorry. of time. <laughs> but yeah, um, about the book uh, that you were reading. Yes, I had read a book prior to moving called My Year of Living Danishly. Uh, my apologies to the author. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. It was uh, so funny and such good preparation uh, for me because as I encountered obstacles, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I read about them. Hmm. Laugh. Uh, for example, one of the things uh, the author says in her book is be prepared for the uh, enthusiastic use of the Danish flag. Uh, it's everywhere. If something sits for more than 30 seconds, it will receive a Danish flag on it. And I was walking down uh, Strandwein here in Hello, and I saw a pile of dog poop. Yeah. And it was full of little Danish flags because <laughs> somebody had obviously not <laughs> picked it up. <laughs> so I thought back to her chapter and I laughed and... Um, yeah, it's it's nice to to have that preparation to do your homework, and each person does it in whatever way they can. Also, finding a social network prior to moving, I see it in a lot of the groups. People are like, "Hey, I am moving in June. Anyone that would care to connect?" Um, I think that's really wise. Mm-hmm. Also, to find playmates for your kids if you are moving with children. So um, pre-prepare for for yes. the move. Which I definitely didn't do. I don't know if uh, you were able to, you know, join groups and ask questions before before you moved to Denmark. So that's really good to just go out and go on Facebook, which mm. Facebook is great for for groups. And also, um, what was that book? Um, maybe I'll, I'll link to that. Whoever's preparing to move to Denmark, I think she's fantastic, and I think you should invite her for um, for for an interview. It's called The Year of Living Danishly. She is hilarious. Uh, I, I I really, really love the book. It was really funny. Her name is Helen Russell. She's, ah, okay. Uh, she's a Brit. And she moved to Denmark because of her husband's job, uh, who apparently works for Lego. And uh, she calls him Lego Man in the book. It, it, she's really, really, really funny. I, I really enjoyed the book. Um, 
but yes, for me that was that was a really good one to uh, to read. It actually convinced me to move to Denmark in a way. So you read that before you moved to Denmark? Oh yes, oh yes, um, and it was another book that had me pretty convinced to move before I had read this one called uh, The Danish Way of Raising Children. Mm. Um, I can't remember the, the author of that one. Um, but I really liked what I read. So for all the ways in which we complain about the alcohol mm -hmm. and the use of the F word and Fridays, like there are a lot of things I find quite beautiful about raising kids here. Um, the autonomy of them taking their bicycles and going out, um, how safe it still is. Yeah. Um, the outdoors, the, the fact that these kids really learn to love the outdoors. Um, sportsmanship, um, group work, how group work is celebrated so much. Um, I think there are so many fantastic things and the, the teachers I have come across have been, wow. I have really liked their, um, uh, there's how sensitive they have been with my children. And, uh, I also noticed that with the, with the teachers um, in my daughter's Bernahan or in, even in my son's Vogustu that they, or, um, yeah, that I see them, they're very compassionate. They really oh, genuinely oh, care yeah. about your yeah. uh, child. And it's not a yeah. job to them. It's not no. just a job. It's um, They want to, to know the well-being of, of your, your kids. They want to have a good relationship with them and yeah and i think yeah. that's so great and i noticed you said the f word um <laughs> yeah that was a shocker to me when i first moved here and how relaxed that word is here in denmark with children using it <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i had my daughter come home one time this is her i think i didn't have my son yet so she was only like two and a half three And at one point, I remember I was in the kitchen preparing something, and all of a sudden, my daughter says, what the fuck? I'm like, huh? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I was like, what did you say? What, mommy? What the fuck? I'm like, that is so weird seeing a two-year-old say, yeah. what the fuck? And so my yeah. mind was, like, blown. I'm like, "Yes." oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And at the same time, it's it's not what you say, but how you say it. And this is something I learned from my kids. Again, your biggest teachers, my biggest teachers have been my kids. Because when I was living in Greece in one of the worst driving cities, uh, whenever somebody did something dangerous and I had my toddler in the back seat, I would say, come on, friend. And I thought I was saying something really nice because I called this person a friend mm -hmm. until I told my toddler one day, come on, try to be friends with this kid. And he really reacted. He's like, oh, friends? I'm like, yeah. He's like, but that's a bad thing, mom, when you drive. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So he took it as a negative thing because you're like <laughs> calling all those bad people friend and like no I don't want to call that one a friend because when exactly. you say it <laughs> exactly so there that's another F word <laughs> so it kind of backfired a little bit <laughs> exactly so I might as well have been using the real F word rather than a positive F word it's um yeah kids yeah that's so interesting Um, one time my daughter actually cussed when we were in the U.S. And I, everyone's like, <gasps> yes, that was like yes. a big re, um, recultural shock, actually. 
Yes. So exactly. whatever my daughter does in the U.S. is so different. They're just like, why is your daughter doing that? I was like, it's so normal. <laughs> I'm like, you don't correct her. I was like, I do correct her. But if I make a more mm. big deal about it, she yeah. knows that I don't like it. So she's going to do it more. So I just kind of like mm. brush it off. And then she forgets about the word. She hasn't even said it since. Yeah, because I didn't so make small, a big, right? yeah, I didn't make a big deal about it. So... Exactly. Because I noticed with her, if I make a big deal about it, she's like, ah, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm like, exactly. ah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's more of a, a quiet conversation I had to have with my son, who said the F word uh, at the beach with my Canadian sister. Mm -hmm. And she freaked out. She's like, your son just used the F word with me. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, culture. And uh, I tried to explain. And then I just had a... A nice little uh, quiet talk with them. You know, there are some words that you say with some people and not with others. And I know it's used liberally around your classroom and and that's okay. You won't hear mom using it. It's not my choice. And please uh, don't do it in front of Canadian family or Greek family. Yeah. <laughs> and he's learned. He doesn't. Um, until the next thing comes along. Yeah, that's true. Because I also have to talk to my uh, daughter. It's like, okay, it's okay. We do that in Denmark. But when we go visit Lola yes. and Grandpa in Los Angeles, uh, we can't do that. It's 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 not yeah. it's not um, it's not. And when you say cultural thing, it's just like it's different. It's uh, yeah. different living in uh, Los Angeles versus living in Denmark. And I like I like it this way because they learn so in the early yes. early stage. And like you said earlier, it molds the mind to separate yeah. the two countries. And they know uh, the, new, the two countries, we can do that here, but we can't do that there. And I've yeah. noticed that with my daughter when um, there's nights where we look at the map. And she's oh. like, oh, uh, Lola, my mom uh, and grandpa yeah. lives here. And she can point out Los Angeles. And then it's like, we live here in Denmark. And then she loves, she's fascinated with Spain. She's like, and then Spain's there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> oh, and then Madagascar because um, of the movie. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but, and isn't that a good skill in life to know that you, you cannot do exactly the same things in every situation? Yeah. So it's, um, it's also the way you eat. Savoir vivre is totally different in Canada and here. Yeah. Uh, I was taught you cannot cut your lettuce. You must fold it. Yeah. And I see my kids' friends cutting their lettuce. Yeah. So it's, it's a good example. You can say, hey, just like you would use different table manners here and different table manners there. Be mindful of your language. And yeah. So um, we ran out of time. Um, yes, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it was a really great uh, conversation. And thank you so much for being a part of uh, this podcast. I would talk on and on and on about about this. But if the audience and the listeners want to get in touch with, with you, I will have all your contact information on my uh, website, uh, your social media, your blog, your amazing uh, blog that I love the name. And also if they need someone to talk to uh, a therapist i'll also have that available for any of the internationals uh, that want to get in contact with you and so i am so happy that you took the time thank you so thank you, much <laughs> and thank you for bringing an authentic voice to motherhood oh. we need more of that thank you so much thank <laughs> you okay to the audience um until next week guys bye <laughs>